Welcome back to Last Night Recap, the show that takes the EMEA and America's Apple EDU chat and recaps them in a serious but not way. I'm your host, Martin Coots, and I'm joined as ever by my good friends and co- colleagues. Hello, Mr. Johan Anderson. Hello, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Should we start with weather chat? Yes, and I must tell you, I've been looking at moving to the Caribbean, actually, because it's getting warm here again, and I don't like like rain and six degrees. I'd rather have okay. like when it's Christmas, it should be snowing. It should Snow be and minus two degrees. Yeah. So I'm like ne- next year, I'm moving to Curacao or okay. something. That's yeah. <laughs> you need to go somewhere where it's hot in the hot in the summer and cold in the winter. That's that's yeah, mm. that's. I think that's all any of us really want. Is I can't do like everyone else go to Canada. <laughs> I know, but that's that is that that seems to be the place for four seasons when they're actually and not like Scotland, which has four in one day. <laughs> but yes, yes, that's good, and everything else is good apart from the fact that it's thirteen degrees and raining. Uh, yes, I think it is yeah. because we're good. all together again, and that's always fun. Hey, there's nothing better than when the four of us are together. And one person that is always a joy to have along is um, Max. But I think he's sleeping, so we'll go (laughs) with his dad. Yeah. Rude. Second best. I know. We'll go go with the runner-up. Hey, Matt. Hi. How are you, mate? I was fine until about five seconds ago. You know that everything I I say is self-conscious. Come on, mate. (laughs) We're just... uh, we're just really looking forward to your your jingle this week because last uh, last week you kind of raised the bar. So did I really? Apparently, I've to, yeah. I've got to stop. Yes, bars you did. That's it. You need to stop bringing bars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How are things with you, buddy? Yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, busy, busy. But you know, it's um, it's getting towards the holiday season, so uh, looking forward to a bit of downtime. As the man said, it is the most wonderful time of the year. Yeah, it definitely is. Nice. Christmas tree up, yeah. Christmas tree is up. Yeah. Uh, injury free for those Good. of our listeners that understand what that little joke is about. So I'll Good. just leave that hanging there for a while. But uh, yes, the Christmas tree is up. Uh, Excellent. It's looking very festive. Excellent. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Getting into the Christmas spirit. And I'm sure someone that is possibly getting into the Christmas spirits, um, if they're alcoholic, it depends where he is in the world. It's hashtag where's Kurt. First of all, hello, Mr. Kurt Klein. Hello, everybody. How are you guys doing? We're good. We're good. I think the question on everybody's lips before we get down to how you're doing is mm-hmm. where you are. So let's I'll give let, you some clues. Yeah, let's go over the clues. All right. Can, um, can you first? Can you ahead. just put on uh, where's your friends first? <laughs> Please. I, th- I think this will be. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you my first tip. I think, Johan, this will be the easiest one for you. Okay. Okay. Go. Just think about that. Um, okay. The other, the other tip I can give you is the color of the socks that I'm wearing today um, can give you a clue about where I am. Are you wearing green socks? Not green. Okay. So mm-hmm. think about that. And I thought about having a cup of tea, um, but then again, I might get into trouble for that. Ooh. So where I, am I? I already know. I'm good at because you've been following me. No, I just, I know. Okay. I just, me- I just messaged the just chat from your clues. Come on, then. Just from your clues, Max. Go on then. 
I from my clues, in... so, so the clues are good. Oh, this could be really embarrassing if I get it wrong now. Are like, you in Boston? I, c- I am in Boston. Exactly. You are wearing red yeah. socks. The Red Sox. There we go. Nice. And Johan's favorite team is? Oh, New England Patriots. Exactly. And, we and lost they were playing game. yesterday. Yeah, and they lost again. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, a <laughs> yes, very ten and uh, three. sportive weekend in, in Boston. Um, Friday, the Celtics were playing. Yeah. Uh, the Bruins yeah. played on Saturday. And, yep. and the Patriots played on Sunday. And nice. you watched them all. No, I don't have the budget for uh, watching. Uh, it's quite expensive. It's expensive. I was going to say, if it you is, went and watched a, a Patriots game, is that not going against the Eagles, considering you know I, your I, adopted hometown? Or? Exactly. You cannot. You cannot watch any yeah, other games than this, Eagles games. <laughs> this year, Eagles lost to the to the Patriots. So, uh, what can you say? That there's that, always next year. That pain, that <laughs> that's always next has year for Eagles. Sure. Oh, that's all news, mate. It's all news. <laughs> so, what are you doing in Boston? I'm trying to uh, try some some new things out and and learn some new um, uh, sessions uh, at the Today at Apple. Some of the specific ones around coding. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so that brought me to Boston to change up the location a little bit. Nice. Okay. Nice. That's cool. That's nice to hear. I did the. Um, I did the Christopher Anderson uh, Rethink the Portrait one on Saturday. I saw it. Loved it's it. fun, right? Oh, yeah, it is. It is awesome. In a word, it is awesome. It wound up just being me in the session. So it was just me and the oh. uh, the Apple creative just kind of taking better. pictures of each other, which is not as creepy as it sounds. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was, um, it was good fun. It Would was you like fun. some ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> do you like a can of Ryan Brew I think was more the, the question so with that okay. in mind Kurt you've been doing some uh, hashtag today at Apple why don't you hashtag tell us what's coming up on this week's show well, let's start with that hashtag of the week and I think we're kicking something off that we're going to talk about um, in next week's episode um, but do follow along already uh, hashtag keynote doodle a day if I say that correct yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and we we might have Salmon Pile somewhere uh, in the show um, where he pops up. And um, then on the EMEA side, we're recapping visualizing concepts in numeracy that was hosted by Rachel Walker. Yep. And the Americas kicked it off with uh, Get Ready for an Hour of Code with Swift Playgrounds. And that was hosted by Chris Barnaby since we're in that second week of the Hour of Code. So that's what's coming up in our recap for today's episode. Excellent. And I think Simon Pyle does uh, appear more than once in this show, just to give you a little bit of a spoiler. Matt, have you been uh, suitably practicing your um, upskilled jingles this week? Jingle is all prepped and ready to go. Thank you very much. Excellent. Well, let's hear this little jingle and we'll get right uh, back with the EMEA recap. Let's do it. Okay, hopefully you've been back from a nice little respite where you've had a chance to go and uh, make yourself a cup of tea to settle down on the comfortable sofa <clears> that <throat> is last night recap. Uh, or getting some I was going, I was going smooth. I was, uh, was kind of <laughs> going for you know top radio. You're, uh, you're tuned in to you last sound night really recap. smooth, mate. Thanks very much. I haven't shaved in a while either. Yeah, <gasps> I know. So, as Kurt said, the uh, recap 
um, the talk chat, sorry, that we're recapping this week is Visualising Concepts in Numeracy that was hosted by Rachel Watt. Um, it was a nice chat. There were some excellent questions and a lot of different things to go around. I will kick things off with the EMEA tweet of the week. And it wasn't actually in response to the question that we're recapping, but it's just a great example of how AR can be used with... Um, can be used in, in different ways to, to help pupils visualise their learning. Um, and the tweet comes from Michael O'Kane. He said that technology has helped um, in an engaging way, such as the use of mathletics and learn-by-questions in formative assessment. Also in a very creative way, bringing mathemat mathematical concepts like multiplication are live in the classroom with AR Maker. And the video that he's shown, there'll be a link to this in the show notes, the video he shows is um, sort of multiples of seven uh, scattered around the class. the class and find different ways to um, ways to, to answer those. So I just wanted to show that one. It's a great uh, question. The uh, question that I'm wanting to recap was question number three, which was uh, tying back into what we've spoken about in previous um, episodes, um, all about animation. Um, and Matt, I'm going to start with you in this one. The question was, how have you used animation to support visualising concepts? You were someone who was, um, along with John Smith and myself, kind of instrumental in the Magic Move Challenge, so off the ground. Um, and a lot of the time we covered some of the um, numeracy aspects within that. How, why do you think animation um, allows people to easily or more easily visualise concepts, especially in something like maths and numeracy and STEM, all of those types of subjects? I think I think it's just the modelling, isn't it? It's, um, I think something that I, I like to do with my students when, when we look at scientific concepts is, is get them to create an animation of a process. So you know, it might be how a, a circuit works with an on-off switch or something similar to that. And then have them talk through the process, but but obviously using the animation as a visual cue, yeah, to help them, you know, get their thinking in order and, um, you know, process what they want to say without it, you know, having to be written down in paper. And you know, we've talked about that quite a lot in the past. But I just yeah. think it, that learners just seem to seem to really benefit from anything when when you can put it into a visual form. Um, you know, be that animation or movie or, or whatever else it is. I think it really supports them. And and maths, as as you know quite well, because of your background in as being a maths teacher, mm -hmm. is something which all too often becomes an end product of a process. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but but the animation can show the thought process, which which ultimately is the thing that that shows the understanding rather than the correct answer, which ultimately you know could be guessed. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I think that's a, a good point to make. Maths is one of these things where it is often the journey that's been taken. Um, you can sometimes get the wrong answer, but do the process correct? And sometimes pupils don't necessarily have that that tactile sensation in front of them of being able to to break something down into its core elements and sort of show how a process builds. Yeah. Um, as you know how. You, Numeracy and biology kind of go hand in hand. And do you think once you get a grasp of 
using animation as a way to, to get key concepts in one subject area, you can take that skill set and apply it elsewhere quite easily. I think so, yeah. I mean, I, I've just recently done some work with our students in university on on the use of video in general. Um, and when I was looking for some sort of background research to support my assumptions that video and that process is, is going to have a better impact, actually the majority of reading I found was, a, was around biology concepts and the yeah. use of video there to support that learning and how that was, you know, being seen as, as hugely the way forward to support learners' understanding. Um, so, yeah, for, for me, it's, it just goes hand in hand. And when we have the technology available to us, why would you not try and put it into a different way for different learners to, Absolutely. to show, you know, their understanding of things? Yeah, yeah, I think that's a. What about Johan? As someone who has has got a background in biology as well, do you find that if um, you're taking concepts that you've learned in maths, are they transferable? Can you take them and and sort of apply that skill set into other subject areas, such as because there is this old is what you do if you don't have the maths for real science. So I'm just, I'm just. Curious. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's true. Yeah, I do agree a bit. Actually, because if you don't pass the maths when you're a biologist, you, you're never going to pass mm-hmm. it. So that's true. Yeah. But I, I do agree, uh, definitely. And I must say that what I've done with uh, my students when you explain things and, and, and do the magic move within the keynote and explain th- things through the movement in, in biology, especially with you know, microbiology or, or genetics or things like that, like like showing the small things that's happening. And you can do that in Keynote really well. And then yeah. you record it and it's, it's really visual. But I, I also want to say uh, something that is important for all um, science <clears throat> is, uh, you know, uh, Colorado University has a has a site for simulations as well, which is really mm-hmm. good for for doing visualization. So, if you're a teacher, there's a site. It's called phet.colorado.edu, where you have okay. Okay. simulations. Yeah, so they have simulations and and it shows phenomenas within the science that is really visual and really great to use. So it's a, it's a part of what you can show. And there is some games as well, where you really develop your um, skill within the understanding of science and mathematics. And I like that a lot because I think it's important because if you look at a really good picture or, science documentary mm-hmm. they always explain it in animation yeah that's a good point actually they show how yeah they, they show that how it works let's take the life cycle of a of a frog for example they'll show yeah. that animation from you know tadpole to or larva to tadpole to to um to frog that's that's a really good point actually how animation can actually be it's almost like building blocks it's almost like um kind of showing the, the like way Lego. that animation is like Lego, absolutely. It's how it's how things can actually come together and how it's putting the steps in order, which kind of takes me to the the next thing. Thanks, thanks for that, Johan. That's we'll definitely put a link to that. I haven't heard of that site before. 
Um, that's definitely one we'll be taking a look at. But Kurt, I just want to kind of segue before you start to do the recap for the America side of things. Mm-hmm. The um, the the ability to break concepts down and to look at steps in order and how the following steps in order can be yeah. uh, an important co- uh, aspect when it comes to coding and computational thinking. How do you see animation as a progression into as someone who's been doing the today at Apple coding skills, it's it's probably just at the forefront of your mind. Can animation yep. um, lead uh, animation to look at any concepts, not just numeracy? Can that lead into um, coding quite easily? Do you think? Oh, I think just following that um, um, whole design thinking um, process that's in those uh, everyone can code guides. Mm-hmm. Um, that naturally grows into the visualization of of your app and the concepts first um and then go into the to the full coding um if you did any of the um specific today at apple workshops now um and uh, the name of the the tv series slips the helpsters oh yeah um yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah if you do that one that's specifically targeted to uh kindergarten where they um visualize um the the morning routine of of a three or a four year old and then they have to put that in sequences so without visualizing you can't address those words and the vocabulary that comes with it for me if i hadn't that visualization i wouldn't even know what you guys would have been talking about today yeah um specifically numeracy biology i i learned to watching a lot of um um like drawn series and and reading comic books yeah um, just to explain the, the the blood cycle and all of that. Um, so yes, to to visualization for uh, for coding, building up in in small steps to eventually prototyping an app, and and then using coming back to to Keynote and animate that, mm-hmm. exporting that as a little video to send it off to a, a developer who can like put on that final touch. I think that's a, a match made in heaven. I think that's a really good. I think that's a really good point, and I think what we've what we've really stumbled on here, and this is my personal bias probably coming out, but maths is really the 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 building block to sort of being able to understand all concepts of learning. Um, it's it's for me. I mean, every, speaking kind of personally, maths is one of these building block subject areas that if your maths is if your maths is solid, then your ability to think logically, to problem solve, to approach tasks in a in a kind of sequential order becomes much easier. We're not necessarily saying that you need to have a mathematical brain, that you have to be someone who is very good with numbers. But the the process around maths and numeracy, especially numeracy, which is which is the 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 thinking in order, putting things into sequence, I think if that is set then you're able to kind of focus on a lot of tasks and kind of break tasks down into bite-sized chunks. Yeah, if you want to be really simple, uh, as we're trying, um, math does that, and then you need a communication skill or the language or the or whether to communicate with people around you. If Absolutely. you have got those two, it's, it's your set, I think. I, I, yeah, think that... I think so. Sorry, Kurt. No, no, no. I wanted to say that I think the biggest struggle that a lot of learners have um, with math is um, that you can't see it. It's all numbers on a piece of paper and all of a sudden then letters come in. Yeah. And then we're doing linear equations and, and you don't know 
like why am I even looking for an X and what does that mean? Um, so visualizing that, um, I think will will hopefully give that love to to mathematics um, for a lot that at that certain points well, that was a point for me where it breaks off and and you kind of like you either love it or you dislike it. Okay. Um, and I think visualization is is key to that. Um, talking about that biology part, if you want to look at a great resource, Stephanie Castle did that um, with her students, and she's doing it again at the school. She's she's now she's using clips and stop motion animation to visualize a lot of those um, processes and and content that she has to cover. And she um, feels now that her students are able to explain better and in more depth um, what they have learned, where previously they would just learn and and um for the test for the testing sake yeah and then vocabulary wasn't good or they couldn't explain what was uh where or why that happened so being hands-on and visualizing um is almost like a way of of getting it through your muscles um all the way up to your brain great guys i'm just going to ask you one final question here Okay, and this is, I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but Matt, we've not heard from you in a wee minute, so I'm wanting to uh, start this with you. <laughs> three um, uh, three options, you can only pick one, okay, <laughs> right? Is maths a language, a skill, or a science? Wow, there's a, there's a question <laughs> without any... Without any warning or preempt, I know, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with language. Okay, Johan. Um, it's hard. Yeah. Try going first. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, know. I would say it's all the three above, actually. Okay, that's because a it's answer, the truth. So I'm no, no, I, I know. It's, I, I know it's true. <laughs> it's a cheap answer, but <laughs> but the ways. I think mathematics comes from from philosophy, so it's it's you know the way you're thinking, mm-hmm. no more or less. Yeah. So you understand that it's not about learning methods; it's a, it's about learning how to think, and how to eradicate the non-possible answers. Um, okay. But the problem that I think we have is how to communicate what we understood yeah. or how we as teacher can communicate how to think about math. So I think communication and uh, uh, language is really important, but yeah, I, that's, yeah. That's so that's a, my yeah. take on it. No, that's a good answer. That's a good answer. Uh, Kurt, over to you. I think it's a way of life. Nice. Ooh, nice. That wasn't one of the options. Yeah, no. But living with <laughs> living with a mathematical no. teacher, with a mathematics teacher over here. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. Everything gets processed through mathematics, and she sees math in everything. So, um, but I think for her, it's a way of life. Yeah. Um, but yeah. math, music, is mathematics, and a way of life. <laughs> I think you put too much ice cream, Johan. Put the put the bowl down. Oh, for sorry me, about that. <laughs> for me, too maths, much vanilla. Yeah. For me, math is a math is a language. Math yes. is a, you, oh, right. okay. yeah. It's I I think math is a language. You not everybody is able to, to um, not not everybody is able to communicate in the way that they they would like to using math. Some people like to. Some people do have a a more 
kind of analytical brain. Some people have more a, 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 a thought processing way of looking at things. I'm talking about people who are very good at languages and, and English and things of that nature. But for me, maths maths is a is a style of language. You can you can switch your brain into mathematics mode for me. Certainly, that's my take on it. But I think that's a, a good place to to end that there. But before we we go deeper down into a maths foxhole but um, the recap and the wakelet will be in the show notes as always you can find that um, in the links that we will send out when we come back Kurt it's going to be over to you are you all set all set ready for another hour of code with you guys and uh, seeing how we can pick up a different question than we've done before nice when we recap the Americas Welcome back, everybody. You're hearing this, then it's time for the recap of the Americas, which was all about the kickoff of Hour of Code using Swift Playgrounds. And to pick out the tweet of the week, I went to a tweet coming from Lauren Bigginsley, and she said, I think this comes back to integrating coding in all content areas. And if you do a coding activity, consider giving a little plug at the end of the lesson for computer science courses and clubs. So that was a question. Um, uh, sorry, there was an answer to the question that I'm going to ask you guys now. And that was question number four is how can we encourage learners from diverse and underrepresented populations to take an interest in coding? So and if you have some resources, um, please share them or uh, with others to connect. So we've been talking a lot, guys, about um, how we think we could implement coding, but we haven't talked about um, the, the different groups of uh, learners in there. And um, this question specifically um, was, was um, with a spotlight on the underrepresented populations. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, coding is for all, and everyone can code, and Apple's made their curriculum accessible, um, so that shouldn't be an excuse. Um, still, it's not an, an easy uh, thing to start with. So um, what do you think we could do? The only thing, I don't really have any resources, but when I reflect from a from my point of view, I would say it's really important, and I think it's quite a small measure of money to get a computer. And if, you, if it's possible to get as much as coding you can get mm-hmm. to be able to solve a problem that you have in you know like um, what do you say like um, non-profit regions of the world yeah, so yeah, yeah. I think that's a way out of poverty that's a way out of that is quite cheap I would say it's quite cheap uh, maybe I'm understating it but I, I think that if you if you want to solve something, I think coding and learning how to code is a way out. That's your, just my feel. I, I maybe I'm what, wrong. Maybe I'm, I'm going yeah, to jump on jump on that if that's all right. I think I think that then becomes the purpose for why you do the coding, right? So therefore, this isn't about being a coder. This is about being a problem solver. So if you exactly want, if you get. Um, diverse and underrepresented populations involved in this, then it's about making the end kind of product something which is meaningful to all people, regardless of of age, race, um, you know, anything like that. I think that's 
Yeah, I think that's something which then everyone has a shared passion for change, and coding is the vehicle in order to do that, rather than it being this is a career you could have in coding, which might yeah. segregate people down to saying, well, I don't really fit into the current mould of what that career looks like because all the role models are, you know, white middle class or, or whatever it might be. But when you flip it on its head to say, how do we solve this problem as as humanity? that encompasses everybody's kind of you know <clears throat> desire to make a difference then then the outcome is is something which is for everybody cheers matt for putting that into words <laughs> from my stumbling beginnings <laughs> more than welcome no no i i do agree that's what i meant like yeah i know yeah. and that's why that's cheers. that's 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 what it made me feel so i i guess that was kind of the the way you were going because i think as you said it, it was making me think yeah you're right maybe the answer is not in getting more people into coding but the answer is into getting more people to want to make a difference exactly coding is the way so yeah cheers yeah and i think one of the the highlighted cases um there is i believe it's an 82 year old woman who um taught herself how to code yeah. uh an, an app um so because I was I was struggling a little bit with what do you consider to be underrepresented population, and then yeah. when you start diving into LinkedIn and and um, see how many job openings are there um, for just iOS developers um, in in your certain area, you'll see how big the job market is and the requests there. Mm -hmm. um, what I found out from following the chat is that. Um, a lot of times that underrepresented population uh, they were talking about were um, were girls. Um, now, I think, Martin, um, I wanted to hear your perspective on it. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, being a dad, um, how do you uh, stimulate that? Or is that something that, that you see? Because I didn't consider it because I thought, okay, everyone can code. So there, for me, there, there wasn't a, a difference. So to see it being called out. Yeah, almost highlighted my ignorance in that. I think um, we're in a, you know, we're we're obviously in education, but the 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 market that we find ourselves drifting into quite a lot is technology and technology adoption, and mm -hmm. the um, the predominance of the the gender within that that type of role is male. It's it's generally thirty to thirty five year old uh, people. Basically, people like myself, your quintessential geek, people who um, have been had an interest in coding that was never really. No one had to encourage me to do it. I, it was something I wanted to to follow, and it was something I wanted to do. But there's been more and more. Um, I'm, I'm thinking App Camp for Girls um, is is an organisation uh, that's run by a, a lady called Jean McDonald, and it's all about encouraging uh, women to be uh, and young girls to become app developers and run uh, coding workshops in the US. They do it during like it's it's a, it's a summer camp. And it gets girls involved in leading the learning and sort of looking at working together as a group. But it is all just it's it's app developers coming in and working with girls simply because within school they are not really being encouraged. And I'm seeing that to an extent. I mean, uh, Elise went into a coding club, a lunchtime coding club at our school, and she was the only girl there. Um, and it's very, you know, in a sea of, you know, 10, 11 year old boys who think coding is cool because they're, they're, they want to play with robots and things like that. Whereas Elise is wanting to learn how things work. She wants to learn how to break things down. She wants to, to she actually wants to, to, to look at things from a developer point of view. She wants to actually see a problem and see how to solve it. Going, 
going back to your point that you were making earlier, Matt. So I think I think it's important to to look at like you're saying as well, Kurt, where the market is heading, what where yeah. where things are going, what the openings are within your area. I know for a fact that if I encourage Elise to keep going with coding, she is never going to have to worry about a job ever again mm-hmm. because she will be in high demand which is, it's unfortunate that it has to come down this route because it should be everyone can code. It's not every boy can code. It's not every man can code. It's everyone. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter. You should be afforded the same opportunities. And I think if if we can highlight that ability to solve a problem, if we can highlight what is going to be available to you when you leave school, and if we can also offer people opportunities where they can, and I'm thinking now from my own teaching practice, when I was going around and working with schools in different areas, there was a few schools I went into that were part of the private areas, but taking in spheros and working with, with a group of pupils, they were getting a chance to see what practical applications of coding can be. And I think it's making that connection. It's actually seeing what it, what it looks like from a, this is what coding can do. This is what your coding skills are. This is what you can do next. So I'm thinking like picking up on that mark like obviously i work in in primary school teacher education where the population is what 80 percent female um and and you know everyone gets treated the same they we we introduce them to coding and a lot of them get extremely uh excited about the prospect of then like you said taking the spiros out onto practice and doing that in school and you know again is that kind of a a way in when you can develop more people like how many of the coding clubs are run by males yeah which then you know and there's only one male in the school so that's almost like saying it's a man's job yep because there's only one man in the school out of 10 and he's running the coding club so therefore is it just for boys but if if we can introduce more uh females to coding at point of training then that becomes something because i i encourage all our students to set up a lunchtime club um, and have said to them, if you if you're getting into coding, do it as a lunchtime club because it's non-pressure environment. You get to know the students in a different environment. You don't have to plan. You're not going to be observed. Um, and they take me up on it massively and and take yes. the spiros left, right, and centre. They usually fight over them um, because they want to do this. And then that in itself, uh, you know, we we see the likes of um, of Laura up in Newcastle, um, who's who's got her digi ladies. Yeah. And, you know, developing that role model of, of something, you know, this is for everyone uh, and it's just as likely to be a female running a club than it is a male running the club can be, again, another kind of precursor to, to developing that. Who I is it for. think you have just absolutely hit the nail on the head with that last phrase you used there, Matt, and that was a role model. It's someone yeah. that I think you've, you've kind of you've just like hit the nail on the head much better than I, than I think any of us could Martin, have thought. we need Matt to explain what we really feel. <laughs> I just listen. He's listening while we're trying to... Yeah, so it. he's just listening. And then he's My just thought process is going as I'm going. And I'm like, where is this thought train? And like Matt's got the answer. There we go. Taking all the media and putting it on his Twitter. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> See, You're he's welcome. just so far ahead. That's why you guys think his jingles are not good. But actually, he's a genius. <laughs> yeah, you probably. Just you just can't hear the same things he's hearing. Exactly. No. He, he's, he's, yeah. he sees the matrix. We only see the, <laughs> we only, the woman we only in hear red. noise. 
So thank you, Matt, for being our role model. Oh, and, wow. uh, <laughs> um, talking about role models, I, I definitely believe that because um, I've seen the power now of, of just something different, um, meaning um, black superheroes, something like um, Black Panther had a massive, massive impact on that community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just talking to someone who said all the superheroes he grew up with were all white. Superman, Spider-Man, and luckily, like the new Spider-Man version, um, took a spin on that. And it's only in this second wave and this climate that we're currently at that we're we're really looking at that everyone can be a hero or everyone um, can code. And and those role models are super important. Um, you mentioned one um, group that that does that um, in the U.S. There's another one um, called Girls Who Code. That's an initiative, um, and one lady who's also an 80s, uh, Adriana uh, Vigil, um, she said her mom used to teach her how to, uh, how to code uh, when she was just a little girl. And, and she gave that love for coding to her. And, and she wants to tear down those stereotypes that we were just talking about. Because she says, I'm a girly girl and I love me some code. And I think that's a, a really nice one. Uh, to end this on and let's see if we can hear um, what Matt's genius now has created for us on that jingle. Uh, Matt, I'm going to give it to you um, to see what we, uh, what we get there. <laughs> if you've, if you got the math um, connection to the music. So if you're ready, <laughs> let it go. And the passion. Questions with Matt. Hey, hey, hey. We did it this week. There we go. I'm waiting, waiting for, for so I'm waiting for that, that Christmas one now. Yeah. Oh, soon it's well, Christmas. Next it's, week. Next week's yeah. there. A lot the, of bells. The last show before Christmas. <laughs> we, need the, uh, we need the album ready to go. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. So there we go. I mean, a, a positive response, guys. I think that's probably the nicest you've ever been about me. By not it's really because we're in the that. holiday uh, spirit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> be, pre- be prepared for 2020. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like in January with a hangover from New Year's, it's going to be ruthless. <laughs> <laughs> cool, guys. Yes, it is uh, that time of the show for questions with Matt. And uh, we've had a question in from one of our listeners so simon pyle let's hear what your question is good evening gentlemen it's simon pyle here from london at mr piley i'm just wondering about gaming in mathematics and how you feel about it for me i use minecraft an awful lot to explore different mathematical concepts and i just wondered what your thoughts were about gaming in the classroom to be able to support such fundamental learning Okay, great. So, uh, games, guys, gamification. What what do we feel about gamifying learning and and you know the, the, that approach to using it in the classroom? Simon there mentioned Minecraft. We know there's there's lots of other kind of opportunities for using game based learning in the classroom. Martin, what what's your sort of thoughts on this? Being a, a maths person, you must have come across Minecraft being used in the classroom, similar I to Simon's have, yeah. example, yeah. Yep, I, I'm a huge fan of using Minecraft for um, 
and helping people who's going back to that visualizing concepts, but visualizing yeah. three dimensional shapes that they can then use, looking at composite shapes, uh, putting them all together. Massive fan of that. Um, the, the the iPad came into um, education. I uh, used games based learning strategies using iPod touches, and mm-hmm. we looked at uh, gamifying math. Where we would uh, there was a, there's a website called Cool Maths Games, uh, believe it or not, which um, is actually very good at doing these little um, problem solving activities, but putting it into a putting it into a, a games based approach. So one that I can think of that, that we've all played is the red car has to come out of the car park, but you have to move the cars and uh, some yeah. cars are maybe three squares long. Some yeah. and they can only move and uh, they can only move up and down or left and right. So those types of games are uh, a way for students to, to visualize um, how steps have to be followed or how you have to solve it in a particular way in order to move on. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of games-based learning simply because it gives pupils a goal to aim towards as well if they try to they try to beat their score or they try to, to do something. But making sure that, that, not, that they're not just sitting there and playing a game, but rather how does that relate to something that they've just done within class? How does yeah. it all tie in together? And how does the, the content drive that rather than just learning by rote or just guessing the answers yeah i mean we we um we talk about this in university i think i use it as part of uh, a session that we do about challenge-based learning and and problem solving um and a a quote from seymour papere i never say his right name right but you you know i'm talking about Mm -hmm. who who talks about computer games as being you know computer game designers being people who who seem to understand education better than than educators do because they understand that children enjoy the challenge and they there's something in a computer game design which is a incremental rise in challenge that keeps someone hooked to want to keep trying their hardest to improve um and and we use that really to to get our students to to consider their kind of level of how are they integrating challenge into their classroom um, and games based approaches seem to be something that works. And it's not new, right? I mean, you know, years ago, children play hopscotch in the playground yeah. and, and that yeah. would help them understand counting games. And, you know, we, you can go back probably centuries and find examples of, of games being used to learn. I think access to it possibly is a little bit easier now. Um, but it's nothing new. Johan, got any insights there on on games based approaches? Oh, definitely. Um, the only thing that I <clears throat> like is when it's problem solving. Mm-hmm. But the the most important thing I think uh, for me is that there's a problem that actually needs communication. Yeah. So there's a group of people that needs to solve the problem, and they start communicate. Uh, because then I see the skill and how the way they're thinking, uh, and I think that develop something for the future. Because I think even though you're very logical, uh, you need that uh, second skill to communicate to someone else to really solve a more advanced problem. And mm-hmm. and that's what we've been talking about for a long time here with the success of the human race. Now it mm-hmm. becomes very large, but. But I think even on a small scale, that's really important. So usually when I use the simulations or or, or my problems, I actually put the time to solve the problem very, very low. So you can't solve it alone. So the time yeah. scale, yeah. I put it really narrow just to 
prompt them to communicate and work together and they can't do everything um, together. They have to do different things to put uh, all that together yeah. into one thing. And that's, and that's what I like, actually. Johan, and, have, you, have you seen the kind of escape room approach to that in education? He's a, he's a that's, big that's, escape room. Yeah, player. I mean, I'm a big escape room person. Yeah. Uh, I love that. And, and, and I usually do my my work in science, not like a, a pr- proper escape room. Uh-huh. But the problem is a, an escape room in yeah. itself, if, if you may. Yeah, I'd, yes. I'd, I'd, I'd like to talk to you more about that, actually, because I, I introduced that to our students in their final year, and, and they really like that approach, and, and we talk about it from that, exactly as you said there, a limited time where you have to force yeah. in collaboration, where yeah. people so, are looking at their strengths. and So even though it's not, you know... Co- like contained within the room you can mm. actually contain a task within the time frame you, yeah. you have to solve it yeah and then it's a, a, a an escape room in itself yeah so that's yeah. what i do yeah normally. really good excellent kurt anything you, you'd like to to add into the conversation um well my passion project was um using games old school games board mm-hmm. games um for professional learning so yeah. Coming from that point of view for adult learning, um, where you know the game, you've got hopefully good feelings about it, or everyone's got those stories of family playing board games or card games together. Um, And then introducing that, um, you can tie it to so many other skills, um, using a Monopoly board um, to introduce Apple Teacher, for instance. Um, I think you guys were part of, uh, or, or had at least a chance to visit, the time we uh, organized the casino of learning yeah yeah and yeah. <laughs> um so just using cards dice um a, a spin the wheel and everyone knows the the idea behind it so you don't have to explain any rules yeah. so then you can focus on the on the learning and and it's just the craziest things come out of it and it's it's always fun and that i think um that the factor of play and fun um and those those fond happy memories um, I think that's crucial that we can give that to people who want to learn so that they will want to come back. I, mean, I grew up playing Genesis and Atari and all of that. So gaming is, I think, for my generation, been always around, yeah. just as mobile devices have been yeah. around for, for, for other generations. So I can't not think in gamification. Yeah, really good. I think for me, I, I, I remember a few years ago, one of my students doing a project looking at um, trying to engage a, a boy who just was not engaged in school whatsoever, but an absolute mad Mario Brothers fan. Um, and just seeing how, how my student kind of took that and using Bloxels. Have you guys heard of Bloxels? Oh, yeah. 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 Computer game kind of making thing. He used that to, to introduce storytelling. Um, and because it looks quite like mario like eight bit kind of version mm-hmm. he just suddenly saw this child come to life and, and he taught an awful lot maths and, and literacy and and other concepts through this idea of the game and this child really just he just would not engage in anything else but but really did i suppose it's similar to the the minecraft kind of approach because yeah. you're using the cubes and and you can use that numerically to think about size and shape of things on your screen um, yeah. And just just seeing that approach, it's, it's it's like with most things, isn't it? You find the hook that the, the child needs in order to um, to engage them in the learning. So yeah, game games 
as long as it's thoughtfully done and, and Simon's example of using Minecraft is one. I, I know he also does some things um, he, we've spoke about in the past using FIFA when mm-hmm. when his children are really into FIFA and, and creating like top Trump type. Um, That's I learn all the countries in the world and their anthems by using <laughs> by playing FIFA. There we go. I mean, you know, so much I, learning can come out of it. I've, you know, I we... failed my exams miserably, <laughs> but I was really good at FIFA. Yeah, <laughs> but, but... yeah but it's because it's important to you and yeah. it's problem solving. We're back to what you said before, Matt. Uh, as a genius that you are, right. when I was mumbling, uh, <laughs> actually, it's it's it comes down to solving problem while um, being really important to you. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, very good, guys. Thank you very much. Some some useful insights there, and um, it'll be useful to to again pick up this conversation around around gamification because I don't think we've had uh, too many chats in in any of the Apple EDU chats around this, right. um, but I think it's, a, a, again, another big topic that we could probably spend a lot longer talking about. But um, yes, uh, if, if you do have any further questions, uh, please do let us know, and Martin will, will tell you how later on in the show. Thanks, Matt. Um, yeah, as Matt said, if you've got any uh, questions, I'll let you know just after we start close this show out, which we're just coming up to, guys. That's um, that's coming up for a fifty-five minute show. That's uh, that's quite short for us lately. That's that's under an hour mark. Nice job, well done. <laughs> yeah, I know, um, Kurt. Um, we've got the the last uh, the last chat of the the year coming up next week. Do you want to uh, do you want to give everyone a preview of what's coming up? Exactly, it's last chat of the year, um, and it's going to be a high, high, high creative one um, where Doodle a Day comes up with Simon Pyle and Alice Nutt, and that's on Tuesday, December tenth at eight PM GMT. And on the America side, it's festive creativity with students and that's hosted by Bethany Nugent and Bree Buck and that's December 10th at 6pm Pacific time. And if people want to get a jump start on seeing those questions, Kurt, what can they do? They should log in now to the Apple Teacher Learning Center and go have a look in their mailbox over there where they can see both the questions for the EMEA chat and the Americas chat. Perfect. Thanks very much, Kurt. If people are wanting to rate, review us and follow us on uh, Twitter, Johan, what can they do? Yeah, they should look us up on Twitter personally. And I would like to know where to find you guys. Uh, So let's start with our uh, Belgian-American connection. Connection (laughs) is very Irish tonight (laughs) because it's in Boston. So what's your handle on Twitter, please? It's M-E-E-S-T-E-R-K-U-R-T-R. Brilliant. And uh, Matt, where can we find you? Uh, I am M-A-T-6453. And our Scottish friend... I'm M Coots, that's C O U T T S eighty one eight one. And you find me at Anderson underscore EDU. And I would like to say thank you for downloading this podcast. If you like the show, please rate and review us. Listeners' comments and ratings keep us high in the rankings so the new listeners can find us. Please be sure to find us at Last Recap on Twitter for more news and podcasts. Over to you, Martin. 
Thanks, Johan. As Matt said, if you are wanting to leave us a question for hashtag questions with Matt, please tweet either at Matt or at Last Recap using the hashtag questions with Matt. Or if you would like to leave us a voice message, almost like you're phoning into Radio Last Recap, then you should do that. You should definitely <laughs> do it. And if you can do it with a, a, a kind of chilled voice, that would be even better. And we, while eating ice cream. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. <laughs> right? No, it's just we're, we're kind of, I, I fear we're giving people too many um, caveats that they need to be doing. If someone's maybe in a chilled voice but they don't have ice cream, can they leave us a question? Uh, so, yeah, you can do that by going to the Anchor Voice uh, or the Anchor Podcasting app. If you do a search for us, we are uh, at Last Recap on there. You can find a button that says uh, Voice Messages and you can record it just as. Uh, as if you were leaving as a voice message. And on that note, that's the penultimate um, chat of 2019 done, guys. Thank you very much for your time listening to us this week. Uh, but uh, my heartfelt thanks, as always, go out to my three co-hosts. Mr. Matthew Pullen, thank you very much for your time and your thank you genius. Very much. Always a pleasure to chat. Glad my contributions were supportive this evening, they fellas. Were excellent. Um, you have yourself a <laughs> it's good week. It's that year of wisdom extra. That's it. That's it. I'm, I'm uh, another year older. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was, of course, your birthday yesterday as well. We should actually say that. It was. What was this, your 95th year? 102nd? How old well, are you? And he's born on leap year. You never ask a lady how old she is. <laughs> wow. Rude, rude, rude. <laughs> hey, that means you got good looks, no? Rugged. Did you, uh, just No more ice cream. That's it. Did you have a good birthday, man? I did have a very nice birthday, yes. Time of the family, which is the most important thing. That's the best gift of all, but also Apple products are also a good present, just if anyone's listening. Yes. (laughs) You have yourself a good week, and we will chat to you next week. Johan, thank you very much for your time, as always. Thank you so much, and remember you all out there, you're all Vikings. Absolutely. (laughs) And Kurt, how long have you got left in Boston? Uh, just a couple more hours, and then I'll uh, okay. be on my way to the next location. No, the final, well, no the final one for the year. That's, no, that's it. It's next like Sesame, Sesame Street, all of, all together. You know, like international. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's our. I think that's our show title: Sesame Street International. Excellent, guys. <laughs> thank you very much for your time listening to us this week. Have a great week, and we will see you all next time. Take care. Thanks, Martin. Bye. 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 Thanks. Bye. Tot ziens.